Hello, all you wonderful Uber geeks. This is Steve, your GM. I hope you're enjoying the story so far. I know I am. It's my intention that this podcast only gets bonkers the further that we go on. I just want to say thank you for coming along for the ride. I don't want to talk too much before this because me and the group did quite a bit of talking before we recorded this episode, but enjoy episode three, Deep Doo Doo. And we're all on video now. Yay! Do not show non-video participants. <laughs> sorry, sorry, Anne. I've, uh, I've sent you the Shadow Realm for the time being. So now the real question is, do we rearrange ourselves to be in the proper order? I, I don't... Well, I mean, I can, I can do that in Twitch Studio. Yeah, move, move, our, move our figures. Switch our figures around. Is it bothering you? What if our viewers get confused that I am Zagrit? Is this, is this less confusing now? Uh, oh, that's <laughs> like this just adds further problems. What did I just do? What is that down here? Oh, that's the alerts. <laughs> what did you do? Oh, I moved our alerts down there because we have so many. Yeah, I should look at the Artificer class. Time to open up Tasha's cauldron of everything. So yeah, you can infuse items, which is that term for imbue. Uh, it's the artificer term for imbue. And it doesn't say you can't do ranged weapons. I suppose it depends on, because in 5e, you can either choose to DM's choice, not track ammo, and just like when you roll a crit failure, you run out ammo, or you can track ammo. And I think that might depend on how you imbue magical items. Hello. 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 Okay. I'm not going to try to turn my camera on because every time I do, everybody freezes. I, I, I told these two, I've already had one beer and I'm halfway through my second. So it's only going to get more inappropriate and gross. So just just a heads up. That's that's where we're headed in this one tonight. It occurred to me last time that and I kind of talked with mark a little bit about this that i didn't reintroduce any of you for episode two so when we're ready we should probably do that again and just introduce ourselves never i don't wanna oh something's happening something's happening yay and it's even in the right spot that's what she said oh, it's still loading for me yeah it's it's still loading but it's we have a creepy little girl to go after. We don't have to do that. We can literally leave town and go wherever we want. Well, let's back up for just a second here. So let's actually like officially kickstart this episode because it has now been what an hour almost of of chit chat. Yeah. No, no, it's hilarious Sorry. to me. And we have our bots rolling, right? Good. Everyone, just to recap, welcome. Thank you for joining in so we can finally get into episode three of In Absentia Deep Doo Doo. We're just kicking things off because we had some delays here and there. And then we always, as always, we got sidetracked. I'm Steve. Um, I will be the GM this evening. Tell you what, let's have Will go next if you want to introduce yourself, sir. I'm uh, John. I go by Seasonal Bard on social media and Twitch. I play Quill, a tabaxi wizard. I'm Mark. I don't really social media too much. 
and I'm playing a uh, dragonborn sorcerer by the name of Zigrit. And I'm Anne. Um, I also uh, don't social media yet. Um, and I play a Kenku rogue named Story. I'm on tw- I'm on Twitter a lot lately, so just putting that out there. Last episode, we had our good friend Quill. He summoned his desert gecko so he can see through its eyes. Excuse me, that's Story's best friend? He's got big googly eyes and he's super... I'm just going to say he's super cartoony because I'm the DM and I can say that. I'm going to just continue vibing with myself from the, the Twitch stream. So go about your business. I'm dancing with you, Steve. If I had a camera, you'd see it. <laughs> as much dancing as I get right now. Wait, wait until I finish my scotch. Last episode, we had done some investigation. We're still investigating this poor girl's murder in the middle of town. No one seems to know much about it. Thus far, you guys haven't uncovered a huge amount of information except for that she had a gaping hole in her chest. You uncovered that potentially an organization known as the Burnt Hand might be involved. Everyone's really scared of them, but no one's heard from them in like 50 years. Do we all know that or do I only know that? Well, Zigrit and Quill. No idea. We we talked to the head of That's the right. church. The yeah, cleric, we talked to yeah. the cleric, and he kind of gives the lowdown a little bit. You know a little bit about the burnt hand. You don't really have like the full scope, though. The only person that honestly has like a solid lead so far is Story, who saw a guard acting strangely. He wandered off, and Story kind of followed him around. He was very suspicious. Um, he went to a drug den, basically did a boatload of drugs. None of the other guards seemed surprised at all that this was happening. He went about his day, and then Story went and met up with Quill and Zigrit at chapel to examine the body. Story got sidetracked and was distracting the desert gecko as Quill was trying to examine the body through its eyes. Discovered that there was a magical residue on an oil that was anointed on this girl's neck. John, you look very surprised. <laughs> and Will touched the oil residue, right? Yeah, I, did. I touched it. I did touch it. Okay. Yeah, he did touch it. Because I remember being asked if I touched it, and that seems important. Yep, found that faint trace of abjuration ma- magic on it. Story, who has the only real contacts in this town, went and found the only magic user that is known to be in town to get some more information from it. It's true. She stole it. And she took the gecko with her. Yeah, dude. Because at that moment, Quill wasn't looking through the gecko's eyes. So, Well, I can't, I'm assuming her place is slightly farther than 100 feet away. Probably, yeah. Story ran off, went and met with our awesome friend Maud from episode one and then spilled into episode two. Maud gave you a little bit more information. And the only other known magic user in the area is in a nearby village. And Maud seems really, really reluctant to have you guys go there. And she warns Story not to go there. And if you do, please, please be careful. That's where we open is with Maud giving this really dire warning 
and probably more serious than you've ever seen Maud because she's usually kind of this goofy, you know, all over the place hedge witch, hyper focused, nervous, intent on telling story not to go see this contact, this little girl, the girl at the village. That's where we open is with this dire warning being given and story sitting in Maud's little cottage, her little sh- workshop, probably eating some lamb stew because let's face it, it's the best. It is the best. Yeah, I look at Maud and sign at her and say, you know that that like guarantees that I have to go because like she was killed with, with magic stuff. Yeah, in retrospect, I probably should have just shut my trap. You you know me by now. Yeah, yeah. I you know I keep testing these new potions out, and not that you know some of them they give me quite a trip. But I mean, if somebody is killing young women in 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 the town here, like I, at least I have the two guys I can make go with me. True. I just I'm glad you got someone to to look after your back, honey. But I'm I'm serious. This this little girl, she's she's no joke. Okay. Well, I. If if it's got anything to do, or, or she might know something about these murders, murder, I'm going to have to go ask her questions. I'll be respectful. Unless you think that, like, should we be worried about that? Or I would be worried just going in there. You, you don't know how she's going to react. Okay, well, if there's nothing else, I think I'm, I'm going to leave the gecko with you if we're going to go somewhere dangerous. Because, I mean, look at him. He's adorable. I'll go get the guys, and and I mean I've been going around with them. I, I I think I'll just call that in as as my payment for being their guide. They'll have to come with me. Thank you, Maud, and thank you for feeding me as always. And please be careful. I, I just I've come to really care about you, and I, I I get very protective of my people. So just keep your ear out. Um, if anything comes up about that guard. I mean that was really weird, but I think I think we're gonna have to go check out the other magic user and see what they know. Um, we'll 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 check in. I'll I'll check in. Sounds good, sweetie. I'll 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 try to keep my e out and and uh, here's some here's some lamb soup to go. She grabs a leather bag and like dumps some of it into the bag and hands it to you. Story holds it as if it were like it's a baby, like it's it's. It's dripping a little bit. The most protected thing. Story grabs an envelope out of her bag and gives it to Maud and, and signs one-handedly because her other hand is in there. Can you send that if, if I don't come back fast enough? Or Can you send that in the morning? Just it, it's going back to grandma. Of course, honey. I'll, I'll get that. I'll get that out on the next ride and uh, into the next town for you. Thank you. I, I Thank you so much. And then I go find my guys even though we i don't think we had a location that we i go wait outside the church uh but as an aside you go to look for the gecko to leave it with mod it's not there it was already in her hands so she's gonna have to deal with it it's it's well it's gone <laughs> and the audience just just sees mod look around like what what the fuck just happened i would bet that mod has an idea yeah, but she's hopped up on potions right now. So, got that wicked strong potion she's been sipping on. Well, I would guess that Maud would know. And she doesn't cheap out with any of that, like, low-grade mixed stuff. No, no, no. No, no. There's, there's no cutting on this. Nah. She cut it herself. 
it's got this good shit in it. Well, if she's if she's uh, mellowing out, then it's that good indica potion. She's gonna, she's gonna have to give it a little extra now. She's had this scare. She's she's sobering up. She's evening out. She doesn't like that. <laughs> she's gonna have to. She's gonna have to synergize a little bit with some other potion. She just she whips out some Patron. <laughs> We're gonna mix and match tonight. She is my favorite NPC of all NPCs. Steve, if you harm her, if you harm her, <laughs> I have enjoyed role playing her. So yeah, I go wait outside the, the church. All right, so we flash back into the chapel and realize it's it's probably a solid like forty minutes walk from the chapel into the slums to to find Maud. Because remember, Maud's door to her little cottage shifts along the wall, so you kind of have to find it every time. Well, and then I'm getting stopped by everybody and their brother and saying, you know, so they have plenty of time. I just I don't go back in the church if I don't have to. Yeah, well, I think we we had pretty well questioned the the priest as much as we could from from our side. We asked about the black hand, didn't really get much other than what they were. A little bit of their history seemed like just for the sake of being professional or not wanting to go into like gruesome, gory details. He kind of left those parts out and kind of shortcut his explanation to us. I figure after that point, Ziggurat's kind of tapped out on questions he's not really into the whole investigation thing too much so he just kind of wanders it's like oh i need some rest he just kind of finds wherever the nearest bench is and just kind of slumps down and tries to sleep as much as he can story comes and screws that up <laughs> <laughs> if that's the case then i would i would ask the uh the friar do you mind if i talk to godfrey a little bit. You're you're welcome to. He's he's in a delicate place, right? Just just try to be peaceful. Try not to provoke him. He's in a bad place. I can understand that. Um, I just need to see if he has anything that can help us solve this. I take a moment and wonder where my lizard went and snap my fingers, snap him again, and the lizard appears back on my hand. Where'd you go, little one? Does he smell like like lamb stew? Um, probably not. Like he suppose he gets shunted into a demi plane. He still exists, so maybe he does smell a little bit like it. It's confusing for a brief moment. He just smells weird because he touched Maud. <laughs> and I, uh, yeah, I kind of. Well, and I have been feeding him bits of the lamb stew. He has great breath right now. He probably lets out a little toot because he's got indigestion. So I let him. I let him rest on my shoulder, and I. Head to the side room. This is the friars, uh, Benjamin's personal living quarters. So it's very plain. He's, you know, he's got a small chest. He's got a bed. You know, he's got a, a symbol of Palor, you know, just a small shrine, like his personal shrine where he can go to pray and, and give his devotionals for the day. Kind of sitting on his bed, just head in his hands. You see Goodfrey. He's... Still clearly just crushed by the death of his daughter, but he's he's probably still in shock. I mean, it's only been, what, a day? Not even? No, it's still morning. Not even. Like a couple of hours. He, he's probably still in shock. He's pale. His tears have dried up, but his eyes are just beet red. He's pale, head in his hands. Just seems like he's just staring off into space at this point. 
So, I mean, we, we can kind of issue most of what occurred because I'm not looking through my gecko's eyes at the current moment. Uh, but I, I come into this room and good free. Yes, person, cat. Uh, that, that sir has me and uh, my friends looking into the unfortunate circumstances around your daughter's death. I wondered if you could spare a moment for me to ask you some questions. Of, 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 he, he just kind of stutters and stumbles. He's, of, of course, of course. Any, anything I could do to help. I just, I, I, don't, I don't know what I'm going to do. I just, I'm, I'm lost. This, she was my world after her mother died and she's gone. I am truly sorry. I, I come from a place that is a bit harsher uh, tones. So death is a bit more commonplace there, but... To lose someone close to you, it's never easy. I appreciate your kind words. I, I have no emotions left. I feel burned out. I feel like I'm a shell. I was wondering, um, one of our companions, he's a, a, a spellcaster, arcane user, and he, he noticed some magic upon your daughter as well as upon your necklace. Is your daughter... Trained? He looks at you. No, no. My my daughter. She's she's training to be a clerk like me. She's just she's an apprentice. Knows nothing of magic. We're not like those up in the tower. Mm -hmm. We don't use magic here. It's eschewed. Very nobody does magic here. This that little filthy hedge witch that rambles around town drunkenly. You shut your mouth! Sorry's not here. She can't she can't sign angrily at this man. But she feels like she should be really angry all of a sudden. <laughs> it's just suddenly just her feathers just fluff out and just pull nods <laughs> along and yes. We think her attacker may have done something to her. Uh, that required some encanting of sorts. But uh, I don't believe it's the Hedge Witch. This is something far more powerful than myself or my companions, spell-wise. I know that much. But uh, has she... She's been training to be a clerk like you. Does she have anything out of the ordinary that has occurred in the past few days, weeks? No, I've, I, I've, I've made some bad decisions and just... To make ends meet, I've I've had to borrow some money, and we got into a small argument about that, you know, several days ago. But beyond that, is all I recall is just normal passing conversation. I went to work, I came home, broke bread, and slept. Because honestly, and he kind of looks off in the distance, and you just his eyes kind of glaze over for a minute. He goes, "No, I just I can't. It's just normal." Nothing out of the ordinary at all. All I remember is I went, woke up, went to work. We had dinner together and slept. This is probably a delicate subject with a parent asking about their child. Have you noticed if she has had a uh, significant other in her life recently? Uh, several months back, someone mentioned that they saw her with some guard uh, eating speaking familiarly and um, 
I would love to say that I spoke with her calmly. However, I have no love for the guards. They've ruined this town. I may have yelled, but that was that was the last of it. She promised me she wouldn't see him again, and that's that was the last of it that mm-hmm. I know of. Uh, do you happen to know this? The name of this guard? I believe his name was Farrick. I've seen him around town. I mean, we've seen all of the guards around town, but I, I know next to nothing about him. Just anyone who works with a guard, you cannot trust. All they've done is eat and drink. They've destroyed things. They've just, they've rotted the foundation of our town. I hope being contracted by them to inquire about this this delicate matter doesn't dissuade you from sharing with me. I come over a place we have no love for the guards much either. Excuse me. Dory was not contracted by the bootlicker. See, you can't have me quiet too long. Sorry, guys. Sorry. Sorry. He, he looks at he says, as long as you find out who murdered my daughter, it had to have been something with that boy, though. Seems like he's kind of grasping at straws. He goes, that's, it has to be him. Those guards, they're just, they ruin everything. And now he just turns red and he just kind of clenches his fist. They've, now they've taken my daughter. It is uh, a delicate thing to say this. Have you heard of a group called the Burnt Hand? Yes. What? What did they have to do with this? That's, I've not heard anything about them. And I mean, since I was a boy. In looking at your daughter's body, one of her hands was very badly burned, which is, according to our third companion, a call sign of theirs. You can see he's he's trying to put something together, and his face scrunches up. And then relaxes and goes, no, 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 I don't, I don't, it seems confused. I don't think so. It, it could just be a means to throw the scent off of something else, but we will investigate every avenue that we can. Behind Quill, there's a thump, thump as Ziggert kind of steps in through the door. He's kind of been listening in for a couple minutes. And he goes, I couldn't help, <clears throat> I couldn't help but notice uh, you mentioned you didn't do much about magic. And I had to wonder what that amulet around your neck is then. And he looks and he's, what? Amulet? And he looks down and I don't know where this came from. I don't, I don't remember this at all. Do, do you mind if I have a closer look? Take it from you. It's, of course, of course. And he looks very disturbed. And he reaches up to take it off and pulls it over his head. And then... His head explodes. No. All of a sudden, you just feel this hot whoosh of air. And he just... His skin starts to boil and burn. And he drops <laughs> to the ground. And he's uh, smoking. What? And ch- like his skin is charring, and it seems like he's burning from the inside out. I take it something bad just happened. Um, 
Is he screaming? Is it what's? <laughs> uh, is he dead? How do you live through that? The best part was there was a chance that was, there was a chance that he could have survived that, but he did not. Okay. Um. Yeah. Ziggert goes. Uh, oh. He's dead, isn't he? Wrong time to come in, eh? Uh What the fuck? I really wish that uh did not have the history with gods that they did and uh that she was in there because that would have been the best. What'd you do? So Ziggurat goes, sorry mate, I forgot you couldn't uh couldn't see that. It's probably good you didn't. You can sure smell it though, eh? When he took that necklace off, he burned like from from the inside. Boils bubbling dead. He's dead. I can't just I have this image in my head of just standing there like little singed first. <laughs> He's dead. Uh might put put that amulet down. I, I don't even have it. Like I didn't even touch it. Oh <laughs> I was gonna say it's it's still on his charred corpse. I mean I probably was like kind of reaching a hand out for him to hand it to me and now he's dead. And it's like, yep, the amulet's not in my hand. <laughs> You're like grabbing for it? Yeah. Anytime. Anytime. We need to breathe. <laughs> Z- Ziggurat shouts, uh, priest, you might want to come here. Is anybody a priest? I'm, yeah, under my breath. Ziggurat can probably hear it. And Quill just goes, it's stupid, stupid choices. And Friar Benjamin bursts through into the room and, you know, he sh- sh- just opens his eyes, looks, what did you do? Mate, we had, he, he had a necklace on him. I asked him to take it off and he bent. Friar Benjamin looks and he goes, oh. Don't touch it. I, I wouldn't leave that necklace alone. I think it was. He's cast. He was forgetful of things that uh, he was trying to remember his best. And we asked him about the necklace and he didn't remember having it or putting it on. And we asked him to take it off so we could get a closer look. It is enchanted. Friar Benjamin squats down next to it and he kind of grabs his symbol of Paylor around his neck and kind of puts his hand over the corpse and kind of moves it up and down the body and then it settles over the ambulance and he goes, I sense strong evil at play here. What type of magic did Ziggurat detect on it before? Enchantment. I'm pretty sure it was, yeah, it was enchanted. <laughs> Apparently not the Bernie kind, but you know, otherwise you would have known to have marshmallows. Okay, so it could be anything. Could be anything. <laughs> Definitely the Bernie kind. Just didn't detect it that well. This uh, significantly narrows the field of who I suspect to be behind this, as apparently uh, there is very little magic in this town, and signs of interaction with this cult that has been missing for 50 years, and now two people are dead because of it. It seems. I would agree. Um, For the record, the only enchantment I know, and it is enchanted. um, You don't forget how to be flame retarded. Perhaps charm, but he was charmed maybe to forget, but it does not explain 
the burning. Most charmed people don't burn. <laughs> uh, I'd say, yeah, at this point, Quill would probably want to make an arcana and see if he can remember anything that would be in the enchantment arena that may or may not cause you to burst into flames. Yeah, Ziggurat's going to do the same, just kind of call on his experience around his own magic and stuff. All right, so give me our, our arcana roll, please. Uh, 19. Nice. That is a 13 for Quill. Okay, Quill, obviously you sense that there's some sort of magical energy around this. It's clearly something that was triggered by him removing it, and you have a strong feeling that it was some sort of booby trap, obviously, on the amulet. But Ziggurat, you're examining it, and you're just, you know, you're kind of sensing this magical aura off of it. You sense that the amulet's purpose was to actually dominate and sublimate the person wearing it. And you know that somewhere there must be a controller, someone who was in control of him. And the periods of time that he was kind of fuzzy on were probably the times where he was under someone else's control. Ziggurat, pretty much, he shares that back. Uh, all right, I thought it might be charmed, but looking at this further, might I, I think he might have been dominated, actually. Much deeper magic. Is, is Story back now, or coming back, or with us? She might have smelled the smoke coming out of the room. Someone make it lamb stew? <laughs> well, you may or may not kill the man. Ziggurat, here's, here's the, the feathers of, of Story behind him, and he goes, what'd you find, love? Well, she starts to sign. I will explain what happened here. Uh, because she's come back with all this information, and it starts smelling like food, so she's like signing, and then she sees the body. And then remembers that you don't sign. <sighs> yeah, Ziggurat's like, it holds out a, a quill and a paper. And he's, uh, I say, tell us what you found first. And then we'll explain what happened here. Maybe our stories line up. Uh, well, I, I write down, we're going to the woods to find a creepy magic girl. There's another magic user. Yeah, she affirms with nodding. And, and Ziggurat's explaining and reading this out loud so that Quill can hear too. So it's conveying that looks over at Quill and says, I mean, if, if there's another magic user, that's not our lovely friend. We met Ilya. While they're talking, I bring out more paper and go, what did you do? I love that. Everyone's first response is what did you do? First of all, I'm, I do not focus in fire evocation. I need that to be perfectly blunt. Oh, I do. <laughs> I turned to cigarette and, Point at the body. No, 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 no. I know. Fire dragon, not me. (laughs) But he had this necklace. You see? Necklace there. He took it off and he burned. Inside out. We think it's the burnt hand. Um, If you have a lead on someone magical, maybe we should go knock on their door. Uh, So, yeah, I I quick write down the directions, which is the village to the east. And blah, 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 blah. Uh, wait to go, because, I mean, that's where Mod sent me, so obviously it's better than what these guys are talking about. Again, I've known you all of 24 hours. You're going... Another human being's dead. Do you indicate to us that she is this... this like? Did, did you say she's a she and a child? And, like, what, what did you share about it? Or did you just say it's a magic user? Uh, no, I, I, I wrote down creepy magic girl in the woods. And I, I go... 
she dangerous, you suppose? Yeah, I write down, Maud said so, yes. That's why I'm bringing you with me. Quill, you suppose we should go check it out? Taking mental inventory. And I just write down, you're going. Uh, I... Can't talk about it. <laughs> Hold on, Quill. We do owe her. Yes, I, I understand that. Um, do we would want to go... While they're still talking, I go, I have no magic. I have helped you guys. Creepy magic girl in the woods. Mind you, I'm, I'm trying to show you me showing the paper, and I keep forgetting I don't have a camera, so, you know, awkward silences are great. Please, uh, Fire, if you wouldn't mind locking that necklace up away from grabby hands, as uh, I have no doubt anyone else in the unfortunate circumstance to touch it may find themselves similarly incapacitated. Uh, Friar, I will put it in the safest place I know. He takes the stick and like um story will look at the necklace and take note of what it looks like while this is happening because like you guys have said that he tried to take it off and they burned so maybe not shiny things for a little bit (laughs) it's a little like wary she's like poking new shiny things now so friar benjamin he kind of takes like a quill or something and just like sticks it through the loop lifts it up and like holds it out at arm's length and kind of waddles off into the deeper into the chapel. If you wouldn't mind telling the god about what has transpired, we uh, have to go out and look for a creepy magic girl. Story nods her head and then just starts heading out because she's in a church and this is not cool. People are on fire. Gods are really not great with kenkus. Let's go. Is there anything else you want to do in town? Before you go, uh, Quill, Quill, Quill desperately, desperately desires to blend into the crowd and flee from these two psychotic people. But nope, he has nothing, nothing uh, else going on. And I mean, you stick out like a sore thumb too. So, yeah, I mean, it's like among a throng of human beings, a, a cat man with a tail. Perhaps not as much as not as much as Ziggurat does. Yeah, you literally stick up above the crowd. When Story gets outside, she wrote, writes a quick note. Don't worry, the gecko is with Maud. Ziggurat conveys that. The gecko is currently on my shoulder. Oh, well, then she writes, how the hell did you get the gecko? Just assume Ziggurat's communicating that. Magic. I, I could go into the complexities of what has transpired to get the gecko here, uh, but that explains why he smelled like lamb. Thank you for that. So you guys heading out right away then? Yeah. Yep. Um, yeah, I don't have anything to prepare, nor do I have spell slots, so unless we need to go to sleep because we're exhausted. But, I mean, we got decent sleep last night. I mean, like, you would have gotten your full rest last night. Even Quill, who stayed up late. Even Quill. It probably wasn't, like, super late, but it was definitely late enough that they fell asleep. I imagine you would have gotten just, like, you know, slightly less sleep because you didn't do that much before you settled in. You just, you said you just kind of did that personal moment. So you guys head out of the East Gate. The guards at this point, they have probably just gotten the message that this weird troop of characters is uh, doing, what's his name? Uh, Sir Gammon's work. So they, you know, let you pass. They give kind of give you strange looks as you, as you walk out, but you leave and it's, it's probably, I would say it's, it's probably like an hour to walk. So it's, it's getting closer to noon now with everything that's going on. Uh, during that time, the hour walk, 
story would be like writing down actual info like about Ferric, which I assume we'll have more discussion about how Maud reactioned to the burnt hand and how Maud reacted to all of this. Like she then relays everything in sure. writing and affirmations. And it's a pretty bright summer day. It's warm. It's not like oppressively warm. It's not super humid or anything like that. It's just comfortable. You know, it's a beautiful day and it, it's kind of the stark contrast to like the gravity of what's going on right now. Like I said, it's it's probably an hour to walk at least from High Tower to this small village. The village itself story, Maud would have told you that the village itself is called Gilrion. She didn't really say much beyond that. The path is as I said, it's the village itself is to the east, but the directions say when you see a large tall stone it's about twice the size of a man poking out of the trail start heading south along the footpath so it's clear that this is not like a well-worn path no and you said that like the to expect that all the houses look run down and all of that except for the one that the uh beware of the little girl which uh, story has just interpreted yeah. as creepy. Yep, this little village itself, very small. It's you know maybe twenty, thirty houses total. Okay, so it's mostly thatch and stone cottages. Most of them have seen better days. Okay, so like it doesn't seem like these are being maintained currently. You see some plants that are actually growing out of some of the roofs, but conspicuously as you walk into town it just seems really still like there's clearly nobody living here as you reach the center of town you do see a very odd thing and it's just this one small thatch cottage in the middle of town that seems really well maintained it's like almost standing outside of time it's got a neat yard you don't see any animals or anything that would be maintaining the yard, but it seems it seems like someone is really taking care of this. It is a low cobblestone wall that goes around the outer perimeter of it. Just on the outside of that, bordering it, are just rows of tulips. So these really nice, beautiful flowers. Everybody do a... Let's do a perception check. Oh, ouch. 18. You're on fire tonight. Hot dice. So perception is 22. Oh, damn. All right. I take it back. Story's super excited about those two. They're super pretty. Okay. So, yeah, probably at the point like we get into town. I mean, I still rolled with disadvantage. I got a 19 and 18 on it. So, it was pretty good. But yeah, at this point, I probably ducked into my lizard. To, like, get a, a better physical view of things. Okay. First of all, let's go through what Zikrit notices. As you're walking in, it's not just that this town seems abandoned. You don't hear, despite the nice day, you don't see any butterflies or insects. You don't hear any birds chirping. You don't see any wild animals that have come to reclaim this town. It is dead still. 
the only thing that you do see is smoke rising from the small chimney of this little cottage. You see no signs of human life at all. Quill, as you pull out your little desert gecko, that sounds super dirty. Hey, you could call it a pocket lizard. That's equally dirty. <laughs> uh, no. Only if you promise to say, I go into my pocket lizard uh, every time. I just whip out my pocket lizard. And- yeah, sure, why not? <laughs> I enter my pocket lizard. <laughs> oh, God. It's a tight fit, but I really, I rolled well and I made it inside. Um, Earning that mature rating, absolutely. girls. It took us how long? It took us like an hour and a half. I was, time. I feel We're like good. I was really working it even before we started actually streaming. So, I mean, I, uh, yeah, but it doesn't true. count unless you're streaming. Quill, you first, you notice that the air smells salty, which is odd because it's this area. It's, it's not overly wooded. It's almost this, this village is in a, a clearing in this small little wood. Okay. But as you look around town through your desert gecko's eyes, you notice large stone pillars like the one you passed on the road in a rough circle all the way around the town, kind of nestled in between the cottages. You also notice all along the stone, the cobblestone wall around the yard, salt. A trail of salt has been poured all the way around the top of the cobblestone wall and across the doors of the gate. And on closer inspection, you notice small runes have been carved into the gate and into the stone of the wall, all as far as you can see around the edge with your desert gecko. Quill debates immediately leaving and then stops and informs the rest of the group. Yeah. It's, Which is good because story was going to be polite and knock on the door. Ziggert goes, hold on. Hold on, friends. Uh, something's amiss here. Let me see if I can get deeper in. Uh, and he casts Detect Magic again. I should have figured that you were going to do that. I look at the magic. <laughs> I look at the magic. As you're looking up, I'll describe it. When when Ziggert casts the spells, he's doing it in Draconic. It's you know, not native tongue, but certainly is familiar tongue to him. And uh, again, being that a lot of his magic comes from more of a fiery source, um, he kind of draws a almost a that hexagon shape in front of his face, and it kind of gives him a special vision almost. So he kind of sees again those echoes and or sprites of the magic in front of him and. Sprites are probably different color or behave differently depending on the magic type he's detecting. You thought you could escape actually having to say what you can't. I speak draconic. Take that. All right. So as you kind of scan around town. I know what you say when you make spells. So first of all, uh, Quill, did you disclose everything you saw? Yeah, yeah. I, I disclose everything my gecko has seen. Now, is it because he's trying to help or because he's learned that if you don't explain these things to the bird, uh, she's going to do what she wants because she's a little. I've known you for a little over a day. But yeah, in my experience with what I've interacted with you, I feel that explaining is probably the best policy, (laughs) except for like the internal debates of whether or not this is a good idea. I leave that part out. Oh, she She would hear none of that. 
But yes, the magic. You're the magic guys. She brought you for a reason. There's there be magic here, yo. So Zigrid, as you scan around, what do you look at first? I first look at the the circle around the entryway. So I'm guessing there's a you know the a break in the stone wall where there's a like a transition point, and I, I look at that first to see if there's anything sus going on there. As you are scanning with your little magic visor, you get impressions of very strong abjuration. You also see divination and enchantment, illusion, and necromancy. So I am murmuring those words out in draconic as I'm like finding them. Because this is like, there's probably some sense of training that I had to do to just kind of like understand these things. So I'm sure Quill is picking up on like the, the types of magic I'm detecting because I'm just murmuring them out loud, but I want to do a knowledge arcana check to see if I can piece that information together. Okay. A a seven. (laughs) No, not anymore. No, you, uh, like I said, you, you kind of get this impression that these runes have to do with life and death. They have to do with, uh, protection of some sort and you're not really clear what it's protecting or what direction it might be protecting against yeah you get impressions of very just strong divine magic at work here too you're not entirely sure what the purpose is or what effect that they have but you have a fairly good feeling that it's not going to harm you if you cross it Okay, so I, I kind of pass that on and say it feels more like this area is warded than it is trapped. Okay. Uh, but listen, I'm not too sure. Quill, I don't know if you can make any sense of the, the, the magic that I've been seeing here. And you kind of see that all along this cobblestone wall. And then do you kind of scan outwards towards the stone pillars too? More towards the house. I'm actually, Ziggert's probably more focused on their trajectory than anything. So if they were going to go up to the front door, that's more what he's focused on. He might look kind of around the cottage, but actually he's maybe not paying as much attention outside of that area. Sure. So what you do notice is this stone wall creates a ring around the house. Okay. And you see that even, even if the door is open, and the line of runes is broken, um, somehow that magic seems to extend to the ground. You also notice the same types of magic all along the walls of this cottage as well, even though it's thatch, which is not something you would typically expect to have strong magical aura. It has incredibly strong magical aura on it. Are we off the same perception check? Or can I do a new one trying to, on the outside of the salt, look into the windows of the house? Yeah, you can absolutely. You can kind of peek into the, you know, as far as you can see. I mean, it's realized the yard is is probably a small yard, but it's it's still a yard. You can try to look through what one window of this small thatch cottage. It's It's not a big cottage. I was wondering if I could see if somebody's moving and like if there's any life in there, if there's anybody in the yard while they're doing stuff and speaking languages that I can't speak and I can't communicate with 
Quill without Ziggurat. You can absolutely do another perception check to see what you can kind of suss out from inside the cottage itself. Okay. That one's better. That's an 18. That's better than I was going to do. <laughs> I was going to use press vegetation to knock on the door, but it's only 10 feet. <laughs> How far is it from the wall to the door? Well, if he opens the door. Okay. I summon, uh, I summon Mage Hand. Let's jump to story here and we'll finish up her perception check first. Fine. I have an 18 this time for specifically looking for signs of, I guess, not life movement. She's a creepy girl. There's salt. I mean, would story know enough to know that that we're talking ghosty here? Or or is that true in your world? She probably just sees the salt and she's not really clear why. It just seems out of place and the others are acting weird. So probably not mess with it. So there's something with the salt. So she's just going to try to. Is there something moving in there? As far as the perception check itself to kind of peer into this cottage as best you can, you do see it. There must be some sort of fire or something in the hearth because you do see kind of a flickering. You do notice, like I said, there is kind of smoke billing up out of the chimney and it smells good, weirdly. But again, with the same perception check, you do notice there's not like a lot of movement except for this light flickering. Like, you don't hear any signs of life inside. You don't see anybody moving that you can tell. You just can see this flickering light, and something smells good, like something is baking. Has Quill explained that the gecko is his eyes yet to his story? I suppose we've had like an hour walk, and yeah, he's probably communicated an interest in like understanding what's going on with your hands and how that has to do with you physically communicating and stated in that process that he can kind of see things through his gecko though. It's not, he has to make a conscious effort to do so. Okay. So story would try to wave her hands in front of the gecko because cigarette is spelling right now and pointing at the windows well, first you would see if, if you respond in any way. Yeah, yes, yeah. <laughs> kind of, I, I curl one hand and this weird ethereal floating hand appears. Quill just says, I think it's appropriate that we kindly ask if uh, the person living here wouldn't mind speaking with us. And I have the mage hand float over to the door and hopefully someone inside can hear. The door seemingly by itself opens swings slowly open uh excuse me reserving here would you mind speaking with us for a moment you don't see anyone but you do hear this little girl's voice come on in oh. uh story shakes her head and steps back <laughs> ziggurat <laughs> kind of pats story on the back and says come on he's gonna need help well, an invitation given is rude to decline. And Quill starts walking towards the house. So who goes first? Was that Quill? Quill, probably. Let the blind guy go first. That makes sense. Uh, I'm seeing through my lizard, but yeah, I mean, letting the mage go first is a bad idea. But we're all casters and squishy people, so... Story rolls her eyes and, and follows behind, pointedly behind. I, I just I just envision stories like pushing you guys in front of her. But yeah, Quill will go first. 
Quill, as you cross this through this gateway, your fur just like stands on end and it feels like this gentless light, like static electricity all over your body. And then as soon as you're through, you hear this little like snap and it's gone. As you approach the doorway, you start to feel it build up again, except a little like significantly stronger. It doesn't hurt it. You can just feel this incredible energy around you. All of you mm-hmm. in succession feel this as you go in. Would there have been anything similar to this kind of effect at the tower at the wizard school? Oh, at the wizard school? Yes. Particularly like when you enter one of like a learning circle or like a practice room where you can kind of contain your magics as you're trying to use them, you would have felt this to a much, much lesser degree. This seems exponentially more powerful. Uh, Ziggert mumbles magic. Magic. It's... Story would would whistle to get your guys' attention and quick write down, what was that? It's meant to contain. No. It should cause no harm. Yeah, exactly. What the actual... And literal fuck was that. Protect is probably a better word, though equally accurate. And in in my mind, you know, maybe I'm wrong here, but I, I imagine after that story, like, goes back to the gate, and she like reaches out to it, and, like sticks her hand in and out, <laughs> puts one clawed foot across. She gets like that same like kind of buzz. It's fine. She just walks back and forth through. Oh, oh, for sure. Turning, yeah, if, if she would do something like that, turn the gecko in her direction, see it. You'll wear up the effect, dear. Just stay inside. Lying to her <laughs> explicitly. Ziggert kind of chuckling to himself, cast precedentation, kind of murmurs the spell, cast it to blow a puff of wind across Story's beak, too. Something happened! Something happened! <laughs> Uh, you see a flurry of signs, one of which you know it's one finger. Ziggert <laughs> <Secret> goes, <laughs> magic. What she signed was, what the fuck was that? Uh, you got one of those words. Uh, she glares at you and stops. Yeah, and Quill, Quill goes inside, yeah. Ozoned as he is, he kind of like mats his fur down a little bit after getting through. Even compared to the the cobblestone wall in the gateway, it seems, again, just worlds more powerful walking through the doorway to this cottage. If you were to look closely with your gecko, you would notice that each tiny little piece of thatch is just crawling with these runes. It's tough to see if you're not close. Imagine with your gecko, like, you just kind of like, what the hell is that? With what Ziggurat said, I'm I'm assuming this place is magicked out the shit. I don't want to fuck with whatever's in here. So I'm going to be as cordial as possible, is, is just the... Did Story kill us? Probably, yeah, we're all going to die. Don't fuck with the person in Are here. we rolling new characters next time? Quill, for you at least, this is easily the strongest magic you've ever seen. This is the most magicked out place I've seen ever. Ziggurat's probably seen stronger with his parents. Ziggurat, interestingly enough, this is not the strongest, but this is close. He recognizes it as strong magic. And two, 
as you, your, your family, you know, kind of these caretakers, if you will, you probably think this is much more commonplace than it actually is. It's true. Cause it, it's all, my, you know, yeah, there's probably spells that uh, Ziggert either knows or has seen cast him himself of, you know, uh, wards and protection spells. So he, he probably maybe even that feeling as you walk through the door, it, that might be something as he go into like the food shelter like the, the granary at his estate. It's probably like, he's just, yep. That's just what you feel when you go to a place where you don't want critters going. Yeah. Like these strong ancient mag magics. They're just, they're a little more commonplace for you than anyone else. Even, even Quill who, you know, basically grew up it's a, to a certain extent in this, this mage Academy. With Quill's family, he would, probably have had a certain level of magic involvement, like alarm spells and that kind of thing, but never known with enough free time or concern to literally magic out straw at the point yeah. at which this person is done. And that is both concerning and impressive. Story's mind is blown. Z- Ziggurat communicates to like, we're dealing with pretty strong stuff here. So we want to be cordial, just like Will's saying. Guys walk in. Quill, you would be the first to see the inside of this place. It's pretty bare. The floor is packed dirt. It's probably 10 by 15. It's not big at all. It's a small, small little cottage. Okay. You do see a ladder up to a loft. On one side to the, you know, kind of the left side of the door, you see a fireplace with a stone, a large flat stone sitting on top of two other stones. And on top of it, you see some sort of pastry baking. You see a long, low counter against one wall that looks like it might be like a a workbench or a uh, just some sort of countertop or something like that. It's roughly hewn from, from, from logs, okay? At this low counter... On a very short stool, you see what appears to be this seven-year-old girl. She has long, raven-black hair. She's kind of olive-colored skin. Her back is turned to you, but you can see something red dripping all the way to her elbows. And she has some sort of stone bowl in front of her. You just hear her kind of like licking her fingers clean and this red thick liquid running down to her elbows and dripping onto the floor quill quill telepathically tells his gecko to take up a nice spot in between uh on the top of his head in between his ears just just crawl up on there do you just kind of what do you just kind of stand in the doorway or do you kind of i step inside and i hate to intrude we were sent this way and have a few questions, if you wouldn't mind having a short chat with us. Zigrit, you are second going in, and again, you see this little girl. She's kind of licking her lips as, uh, or licking her fingers as uh, Quill is talking. Yeah, Zigrit steps in and kind of steps further into the house, too, um, to make room for story and get a good presence in the room as well uh he he knows the effect his presence can have being as big as he is he also i want to roll a knowledge arcana check real quick just to see if this is something he'd know i rolled a 19 i 
player know what's going on there? But so with a 19, does Zigrit know what kind of magic she's doing right now? Not really. Okay. Yeah. I mean, I mean, you get just, just looking at her, she clearly is not what she seems. So you suspect there's probably some sort of illusion magic at play. Can all of you do a, what would it be? It would be a wisdom roll. Not a Zigrit specialty. Nine. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, three plus two is five. Uh, straight wisdom is eight. <laughs> We're all in party town. This little girl turns around. There is something off about her eyes. You can't tell what, but you can just, there is something weird there. Did we all fail? Did I hear that right? Maybe, but that's not important now. Uh, there's something off about her eyes. I mean, what, what do you what do you think with those rolls? <laughs> Zigrit's first inclination, at not really knowing what's going on, he's going to make himself his full stature. And I don't I don't know if this would be an intimidation roll or not, but whatever's going on, hit like his inclination, his, his natural reaction is to make himself big and scary. Should I roll on that or because that that's his first reaction is what the fuck and hit like instead of goosebumps or fight or flight it's make yourself big and imposing just like a real lizard just big big just be big uh-huh. uh yeah i mean if you want to do intimidation you certainly could a dragonborn doing the red panda thing 24 it's it's a- <laughs> yeah it's really like he kind of like rolls his shoulders a little bit. Maybe like his his wand kind of shows. His dagger kind of shows a little bit. He flexes his neck a little bit. His fans go out. Again, a little puff of ice breath comes out of his mouth. The veins poking out underneath the scales. Yeah, and this weird, this, this subtle red glow too from the gold in his skin too, just of the fire mask. Just for a brief moment, like if you were looking closely, you'd see all of these things, kind of thing. Nothing. Uh, like untoward but if if quill didn't have it trained out of him basically he probably would have his hackles up too but he's he's probably gotten gotten used to being around things that are slightly tougher than he is would there be time before our failed wisdom check well at least my fail if i saw him doing that story's response is the rogue would be to hide behind the big guy would there be enough time for me to do that or Probably not if I'm just walking in after everybody else and getting hit with a wisdom check of five. You do a disadvantage. Let's do it that way. Uh, do what? What do I roll? That'd be a stealth if you're trying to hide. Plus seven, so 22. So maybe story gets in there unnoticed. So you, you walk through, you're hiding behind Zigrit's imposing self. This little girl just turns and she kind of looks way up at Zigrit. And then looks down a little bit at Quill and she goes, Hi, a tabaxi? Dragonborn? I haven't seen either of your kind in a long time. Do you guys want some jam? And she just licks from her wrist all the way up to the tip of her thumb. And you just see this, again, just this red liquid and it's covering. It is absolutely covering her hands all the way to her elbow. Uh, at that question, Story would grab like what on Ziggurat she could and hold him in place. Like, no, you're here, you're in front of me. I'm not hungry right now, but thank you for the offer. Oh, Ziggurat goes, uh, no thanks. Big, big breakfast. Do you travel to the town nearby? 
much. I have not been out of my little cottage here since long before your parents, 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 parents. And she goes on for a little bit. She goes, you get the idea. Right. You haven't. Do you have communication with that town? Yes and no. Me being in this tiny little room, I hear things. I see things sometimes, but it's pretty boring. People live. She smiles. People die. But otherwise, I just kind of sit here and eat jam. Ziggert still had uh, your detect magic lasts for 10 minutes. So he still presumably has it going. What's he seeing on her? You see probably the strongest illusion magic you've ever seen. And I'm going to have you do a perception roll with advantage. Okay. <laughs> uh, 19. For just a minute, as you scan over here, it seems like the fire dies. All of the light is sucked out of the room. And the shadows just consume this figure of a little girl. And you see like the barest outline. It looks like these huge chains wrapped around her. And then it goes away. You blink and the lights are back on. This little girl is just smiling slightly creepily while she's eating jam and and preserves off of her fingers. At this point, how can that be slightly creepily? Slightly is not the adjective you use. This illusion is so overwhelming, but you still get these really strong vibes of abjuration, divination, uh, again, illusion, necromancy, all of these, these spells, they, there's just, this room is just crawling with magic. And it's almost to the point, like you can feel it. It's like tingling on your scales that it is so strong. <laughs> Ziggert goes, <laughs> you know, growing up, us dragonborns, the only gods we know, uh, dragons it wasn't until last night that i had my encounter with a god for the first time and i'm having a sense that i'm having a second encounter now and she smiles a little wicked smile gods (laughs) probably you would think of me as what your people would consider a god but the gods you know they were babies and i was much older in actuality, we are here in part because of what you had previously mentioned, that small town nearby and death. A young woman has met her fate, unfortunately, as has her father, and we believe it to be involved with something you may have some information on. According to our sources, the cult of the burnt hand. Yes, they've come by in the past. Puny little mortals come and go. And I just, I stay here in my little cottage. You're like specks of dust as I go about my day. It was so much better before. She goes, I don't suppose any of you would be able to help me through that gate, would you? You know, 
I'm starting to suspect that the protection spells around this place weren't for you to stay protected. We were come, able to come in here pretty easily. However, uh, I'm going to guess if we walk out that door, you won't be able to follow us. Well, you're brighter than you look. Your mom gave me an A in a kind of... And to be honest, you are correct. We are specks of dust comparatively. I don't think I could damage, even with a hundred lifetimes the magic placed upon this place, to do you any good. I'm sorry. But uh, if, if you wouldn't mind, is there something we could bring you? Something you desire from the outside? As a trade for information. Mm, well, jam is kind of hard to get about these parts. Not any jam, though. She goes like, good jam. Now, that little lord up in his tower, I hear he's got inns and he's got the good food. I've been eating this same batch of jam for about a thousand years. Tell you what. I'll give you what you want for free, but I'll give you something extra. And I'll help you out, and I'll tell you something that's gonna happen if you get me some jam. That is something I think we could do. As well, if you perhaps want something a little separate from jam while we venture back through town, we could stop by uh, Hedgewitch's place at the edge of town, Maud, if you happen to know of her. She makes quite a tasty lamb stew. No one can see it, but Story just rolled her eyes because, like, dude, you, you, you named it. You named it. Rigorit feels one hand come off and very like, definitely, like, the other hand, like, she is signing with one hand angrily. <laughs> Kill the old woman. Kill her now. Rigorit's trying to be a little bit of a trickster, and again, he uses prestidigitation in here we'll see if it works not sure and just gives that jam she's eating an off taste and smell like it went bad just just for a split second just to mess with her you're gonna kill us all you monster and she kind of looks at you suddenly you look down and it looks like (laughs) your insides are out for just a split second (laughs) and then it's back to normal you are super freaked out, and yes, Quill sees it, Story see it for just a split second. <laughs> right, right. Just trying to play a little joke. I understand. Don't mess with your jam. Quill, she likes a jam. Maybe we should get her some jam. Is there a particular flavor that he has that you want, or just any? Well, I could tell you she doesn't like rot. Oh, that. That's what that was. Okay. Sorry, it's great thinking standing behind this dragonborn. <laughs> Any particular flavor he has that you desire? Raspberry, strawberry. Particularly, there's there's some some cactus flower uh, that we make from time to time in the desert that tastes quite nice, but I doubt he has that. There's a particular variety that he has gotten from the capital. It's made by the elves. It's made from a berry that is old enough that I haven't tasted it in the age. He keeps it under lock and key. If you can get that for me, I will tell you something that's about to happen. 
And I promise you, and she crooks her finger towards Zigrit. He gets a little taller again, looks looks over her. And she goes, no, come here. Leans in just like a, an inch. She's like, no, 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 come here. Come here. <laughs> Zigrit like stumbles forward as, as Story pushes him. <laughs> he stumbles forward and then like straightens up and somehow she's right in your face. Like, even though you straightened up, she's like, right there. She's like, she goes, you're going to want to know about this. We will try our best to get this gem. I'm sure if he keeps it under lock and key, he's quite partial to it himself, but. I know a little bird that might be able to get in there for us. Yes, we, we can try our best. And so back to the other topic at hand, the. Murders that have occurred. Uh, they are quite keen to get them solved, and we have been tasked with this. Is there information that you are willing, in your kindness, to share with us? The candle snuffed in the wind goes back to her gym. What is it you want to know? It would be rude of us to ask right out what caused her death, but a helpful lead, if you wouldn't mind, pertaining to the nature of these deaths. Your first suspicion, and she looks at Quill as she goes, the father, you want the cause of death? The father. He dabbled, I take it, and a little bit more than he should have. You knew he had debts. I heard him tell you. He got in too deep with the wrong people. Find who he owed money to, and you'll find the real killer. But if you're looking for whose hand cut her heart out, look in his house and you'll have all the evidence you need. Thank you for the information you've given us. As we said, <laughs> it, if you want the lamb stew, that will be quite easy to pertain for you. But uh, it might take us some time to get that jam. But we will try our best. Sigrid <laughs> reaches around, tries to find Story a little bit to see if she still has the lamb stew on her. Does anything land in his hand? Uh. If he gets close, I smack his hand. <laughs> and like, uh, sore and itch. <laughs> I like you. I don't like you, but I like you. Come back to me when you have my jam. And she leans toward Quill and she goes, you tell that bird next time she can say hi. She's. Well, at that point, she pokes out. Hi. Still hanging on to Ziggert because like, he is big. She is small. She is rogue. (laughs) She turns towards you and she goes, I think it's time for you all to leave. She locks eyes with each of you, and I want you to do another perception check. God. Three. (laughs) Uh, Three plus four is seven. Fifteen plus four is nineteen. Once Story heard that she can go, she, she starts going. Quill, you can almost viscerally feel her gaze on you. For just a split second in your mind, you can almost feel this darkness coming from her. You faintly hear like thousands of voices screaming and the rattle of chains. And then it's gone. I kind of, as best I can, squeak out. (laughs) Thank you for your time. Uh, We'll do our best, as I said. And Quill turns as quickly as possible. Bye! And then 
the room goes completely dark, and you're standing outside of the gate. Well, can't say that's the first time I haven't been teleported. Um, but look, that was a demon we were dealing with in there. Um, sure of it. I had a chance with, when I was detecting magic. I saw through the illusions. She's chained in there. <laughs> um, probably has been for a long time. And I suggest we don't give in and unchain that demon. Uh, you, there is a note now in your hand because sorry, I've been frantically writing. Gods are the worst. I am so sorry. What the fuck? Beautiful calligraphy. All <laughs> Zinger goes, hey, my gods my descendants, or, or, or who I'm descended from. Like I said, I didn't even believe in them until recently. The clerics got the magic from the sun or something. We don't talk much about our god. He's Mercurio, is the best way to put it. So, that being in there, it is quite more <laughs> impressive than I would give my god credit for. Just as you guys are talking to each other after that one sentence, all of you hear a faint whisper in your ear, like it's right next to your ear. You're gonna want to know. And that's where we're gonna end for the week. (laughs) Oh, man. (laughs) We'll get that jam for you. We promise. We'll kill that man if we have to for the jam. Oh, the entire walk back, Story is going to be writing lectures on why the hell do you make a deal with it? Because you give a god what it wants. Real quick. First of all, let's wrap up the episode. I just want to thank everyone for coming out to watch episode three of In Absentia. Now you understand why I called the episode Deep Doo-Doo. That was a little bit of foreshadowing. So I hope you guys don't start watching Twitter. And because my hope is I can kind of tease what's going to happen in before we record. So thanks everyone for coming out to watch. Really appreciate it. I hope that by the time this is anywhere where you would listen to any type of podcast, that you guys can find us on our website. You can like us on any type of social media that you can give us a love, follow, subscribe, throw it at us. And on the subject of social media, you can follow us at UberGeekMedia on Twitter, Instagram, and pretty much any type of social media platform. If you'd like to find more content by UberGeek Media or the creators that are part of UberGeek Media, go to www.ubergeekmedia.com. And remember, we are always trying to increase our social media presence and also our presence on Twitch. So give us a follow to bring you better and better content. If you're feeling a little extra and you happen to be on our website, Feel free to donate so we can bring you more great content. Thanks.